It's wonderful. Guys, I am so excited about today. Uh, not only about the daily, the, the babies that always steal the show. It's a hard act to follow. Um, but because I believe what God is wanting to do and is doing in and through the church. And, but before I do that, uh, we have a number of people who are not well in this church uh, dealing with um, some pretty serious illness. And I have a bit of an update from, from Darren Marie, the eldership here. Their little boy, Tristan, was diagnosed with leukemia. And uh, he's in treatment. Uh, they've since discuss, discovered that it's a little bit worse than they thought it was. Um, and um, so I've had a long chat to him on uh, actually last night. He, he sends his love. Um, we're praying for them. But this is a key. Uh, he's in um, treatment as we speak. And he would have been in it for a month by the 7th of December, and it's at that stage where they're praying and believing, and we are that he will be in remission, because it changes the whole thing there. If he's not in remission, they have to up it again, um, but he's in God's hands, and we are a people of faith. We're going to be speaking of faith uh, today. We've been speaking on a number of things around the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of God, and we're going to continue on that, because I'm going to, we're going to do this until we see God move in power. Amen. He is, but there's more. And we're going to look at some of the things that the early church had in place that um, facilitated the power of God being released. Um, But before we do that, I know some of you haven't been able to come every week, and uh, some of you are visitors, so I just want to give a bit of a recap, and it's trying to keep it short because it's such a big subject, but if you go back, if you're interested to know what we believe with regards to um, the being born again, um, salvation, and with regards to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, you will see that online. I encourage you to please go through that. And also I want to say that we, as an eldership, um, really believe we need to be able to give an account of what we believe. It doesn't matter what we think or what you think. What matters is what the Word of God says. And so we um, value discussion and questions around these subjects because there's so many things that have been taught on them uh, and so on. But we've been looking at what it means to be born again, to be born of the Spirit, and what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And a little recap in a nutshell on this huge subject that we could speak on for the rest of, uh, for this year certainly and for next without even scratching the surface. But we looked at John uh, chapter 3, where Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus has come to Jesus because he's noticed Jesus doing some amazing miracles, and he wants to find out a little bit more about him. And, um, and so he has this conversation with Nicodemus, and you can read it in John 3, but Jesus replies like this. He says, very truly, This is an amazing thing because he starts this with very truly. Now, Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And when he says very truly, I think we need to take notice of what he's going to say here. This is Jesus uh, speaking. He said, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. No one. And I was thinking about today as we were going to dedicate the children These children weren't saved because they were dedicated to God. 
They will be saved when they make a personal decision on their own to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's our responsibility to make it easy for them to make that decision. Amen. Amen. We are, if you were told that when you were christened or when you joined the church you were saved, that is not in the Word of God. It's a tradition that has crept in. And Jesus said this to the Pharisees, the traditions of man have often nullified the Word of God. And we see that, that people will hold on to a tradition more than they will hold on to the Word of God. And so we want to get back there to what the Word God's. And this is Jesus speaking. How can someone be born when they're old? It's a good question. I would have asked the same thing. Surely they cannot enter the second time into the mother's womb and be to be born. And Jesus answered again, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit to f- spirit. We have a natural birth, and then we need to have a supernatural birth. And um, if you go back... Two weeks, you can see us speak more about that if you are interested. We then looked at a progression in this in John chapter 7, where Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles says this on, um, in verse 7, 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, If anyone who is thirsty, let him come To me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water um, will, um, sorry, will will flow from within them. And then he explains what this means. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him would later receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. So Jesus had some disciples that believed in him, but they hadn't, they hadn't received the Spirit, the indwelling Spirit of God. They weren't born again because Jesus had to die for our sins and, and, and take, pay the price for our sins. We needed to accept him as our Lord and Savior, and then we were born again. And we see that as we go on in this journey, so a few, uh, 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 a bit of time later in John 20, we see that Jesus is now risen from the dead. You can read the whole process there, and he appears to his disciples. These guys are still a little bit freaked out. They're hiding in a room. Um, uh, I would be too. Uh, if, my, uh, if, uh, if my leader was crucified, maybe I thought that maybe I was going to have the same kind of fate. So they were a little bit nervous, and he appears to them first at the tomb, but they're together, and this is we're going to pick up in John 20, 19 to 22. And he says, on the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked in fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood amongst them. He walked through the wall or through the door, In his resurrected body, he has now been glorified, risen from the dead, and he says, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed 
when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, now, in his glorified state, he breathed on the believers who believed in him, and they received the indwelling Spirit of God. They were born again and born of the Spirit. Then, uh, just a few days after this, Jesus walked earth for 40 days after the resurrection, and this is the day he is going to be um, going to ascend into heaven. And he's speaking to the disciples. So he's been teaching them. He's been preparing them for his departure. And this is what he says. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father had promised, which you heard you speak about. Now, remember, in John 20, just a few days earlier, they had received the indwelling spirit But he says, now wait for the promise of the Father. You are believers now. And he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was in them, and he said, the Holy Spirit is now going to come upon you. And coming upon the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with salvation. They were already saved. It's got to do with empowerment being empowered by God. For he says this, uh, then they, uh, and, and then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the time and dates. Church, let's not get hung up on times and dates. God knows when he's coming back, and it could be today, it could be next year. We don't know. Our personal rapture could happen today too. We could fall over and be in heaven just like that. So he says, don't worry about those things, but this is what I want you to do. You've got to wait, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. I'm going to empower you to be a witness in Jerusalem, that's Ananaimo, Judea, um, BC, Samaria, Canada, whatever it is, to the uttermost parts of the world. And after he said this, after he's just finished saying this, and he's taken up in a cloud before their very eyes. His last words were, you need to wait for the power. I'm going to empower you through the Holy Spirit. They obeyed him. They wait for the promise. And in Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit come in power. Tongues of fire come upon them. They begin speaking in tongues. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, preaches this amazing sermon. Go and read it. It's amazing. And if you want to learn how to preach and get results, read that. 3,000 people were saved in one day through his preaching. A few days later, another 5,000 were saved. Signs, wonders, and miracles were happening. And the church was birthed in power. The early church. And this is where I want to go today. In many ways, the church today has more going for it than the early church. We have, many have amazing buildings or inspiring cathedrals. They didn't have those. We're going to have a new building. And that new building is twice the size of this building. 
And it's not so that we can rattle around it. It's so that we can see people saved and released by the power of the Spirit of God. They, we, they didn't have buildings. They met in open places in Solomon's colonnade. They left, met house to house. They met wherever they could. We have incredible preaching and teaching resources that they didn't have. This New Testament, this was not available to them. It had not been written yet. They were the New Testament. They were walking it out. There was no manual. There was no book of Romans, Ephesians, these amazing books uh, that we have to study, the amazing teachers and theologians that we have, uh, and the amazing resources that we have. They didn't have access to the incredible worship that we have. They had none of these things. Maybe the odd guy would play, would play a, a, a harp every now and then. I'm not too sure. But they didn't have what we have today. Johan mentioned finances being in this country. They didn't have the finances we had. They didn't have technology, cameras, lights, you name it. We have lights, cameras, but often no action. They had action. That's what they had. You see, we don't need more resources. It's not about if we did this, if we tweaked that, and yes, we have to be continually giving our best. I believe that. But what we need is what they had was a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. That's what we need. And it's available to us. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change like a shifting shadow. And the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, he says, dwells in us. And we can receive the same power that the early church and Jesus walked in. The power that we read in passages like this, Acts chapter 5, 12 to 16. This is supernatural power that God wants to release in these days. He says, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams and your old men will see, you know, will see visions. And the old men, we can chill out in bed and dream dreams. Thank you, Lord. This is what happened. This is the Word of God. Without all of the stuff that we have, without all the comforts, without all the teaching, without all the Bible schools and all of that, and we need them, I'm not against them. The apostles performed many signs, wonders, and wonders amongst the people. What is a wine? As a wonder. It's a sign that makes you wonder, what the heck was that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were hi highly regarded by the people. Shortly before this, we won't go there today, is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. People were nervous. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to the number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets. I long to see these days in Nanaimo. Why not 
Nanaimo. People say, why Nanaimo? I say, why not? Why Oceanside? I say, why not? Why not the churches of, of the city? Why not? If we will believe and dare to believe to see these things. They laid them on their beds. Imagine. Main Street. People coming out, being laid on mats and mattresses. And so that the le- at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they pass by. There's such an anointing and power in the early church that Peter walked past these and they were instantly healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is in the Bible. And if you believe it's only for the early church, then I just encourage you to take a sharpie and cross all of these things out if they're not relevant because they're only going to frustrate us. This is true Bible church. And it says, that as they pass it, crowds gathered. When this starts happening, and also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. We have people, not only Tristan, we have people, and I didn't want to mention it, that are going through some tremendous trials because I want their permission to even share that with you. And we need to see miracles. We need to see signs. We need to see people set free by the power of the Spirit. You see, it was simply the power of God working through and in the early, in, and through the early church in supernatural ways that enabled them to begin to turn the whole known world upside down. No internet, no stuff, just the power of God. Amen? Amen. And here's the good news. The same power that empowered the early church is available to anyone who will dare to believe. Dare to believe. Paul speaks of this in Ephesians chapter 1. He says that I pray that you'll give as, that God gives you the spirit of rever- wisdom and revelation, that you will know him, but that you'll also know his incomparably great power. That is for us who believe. Go and read it in Ephesians 1. He said that power is like the working of his mighty strength. How strong is God? That he exerted in Christ Jesus when he rose him from the dead. Why, was, why did he have to exert his power in raising Jesus from the dead? Because Jesus carried the weight of the sin of the world. And the power of God raised him from the dead. He paid the price for our sins. We were born again. Then he poured out his spirit upon him. And he says that this incomparably great power is for us who believe. This power is not for unbelieving believers. People will tell me there's no miracles today and so on. So, well, according to your faith, so be it. We're going to believe and we're going to believe and I'm going to show you how and what they did um, to maintain and walk in the power of God. You see, here's a key. In order to access God's power, we need to stay connected to the source. We need to be plugged in. I mentioned that last year. We could have a nuclear power station on the other side of this wall, and we could be in darkness. Now, God's bigger than a nuclear power. His power is way bigger than a nuclear power station. But unless we switch the light on or plugged into the power, we'll be walking in darkness. 
And that's what God wants. You need to be plugged into the source, into the source of the power of God. And this is how they did it. They did it through prayer, number one. Corporate and individual prayer. We're going to look at that today. I'm going to use this uh, first time so an alliteration. Um, <laughs> going on Tyron, if you ever listen to Tyron, he can make any sermon into alliterations. With prayer, with passion. They were passionate, passionately in love with God, passionately in love with each other. And we're going to look at that next week, the way we reach the world through love, forgiveness, and acceptance, and through proclamation. They declared the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They received the power and acts, uh, that Jesus promised them in 1.8, they prayed, they stayed connected to the source, they were led by the Spirit, they, they, um, they were f- totally in love with God, and they proclaimed the gospel wherever they went. You see, Jesus says the power of God in Acts 1.8 is not so that we can feel good or glow in the dark or any of those kind of things that people, I'm, I'm exaggerating, I hope you know that, but it is to be a witness, a power to be a passionate witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. With regards to prayer, and we're going to look at this and we'll look at the other two next week, and um, I'm, I'm hoping to have some testimonies uh, from, I see Jen there, hopefully she can come from what's happening at the Crisis Pregnancy Center. It will blow your mind. These women are turning lives around more and more and more, saving lives at that little place down the road. All they had to do is say, yes, I'll do it, and trust God. The orphanage in the Congo, what God is beginning to do with this orphanage that is part of Ocean's, or uh, um, linked to Oceanside, um, and um, war orphans that were taken out of the forest and now are being looked after as people in this church are stepping up and stepping into these things. Jesus said, you will be commended for a cup of water in my name. And a cup of water today, maybe in this place that rains so much, isn't such a big deal. But in a desert it is. And maybe here it's taking somebody for a, a coffee or something as simple as that. But with regards to prayer, we're going to look at that next week. It says this in Acts 1.14, the believers joined together constantly in prayer. Prayer was not an event. Prayer was a lifestyle that they had. And then in Acts chapter 4, this is where I want to go today. Peter and John are threatened and dragged before the Jewish council. Nicodemus was part of the Jewish council in John 3. Jesus spoke to him about being born again. It was the Jewish council that um, convinced um, uh, Pilate to crucify Jesus. And they believe Jesus is dead. And all of a sudden, Peter and John, in Acts 4, walk past through the gate beautiful in Jerusalem. And there's a beggar, beggar there. 
a cripple. And then he's asking them for some bucks, for some money. And they said to him, actually, we don't have what you want, but we do have what you need. You need to rise up and walk. And in the name of Jesus, they just say that, and instantly he is healed. And this is, this, um, this is, and because of that, they were dragged before the Jewish council. It's all in there. Not because they were doing anything wrong. Opposition doesn't come because we're doing anything wrong. It more than likely comes more when we're doing things right. When we begin to start moving in the power, when we begin to believe God for signs, wonders, and miracles, when we begin to believe God to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to set captives free, and when we begin to see that the enemy is not going to be happy, and he will send opposition, but we cannot be afraid of the opposition, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and we have power and authority, and we need to start exercising it like the early church. So this opposition comes, and the opposition was because they did something right. They healed somebody, but this is what really got their goat. When Peter and John were asked, how did you do that? They didn't say, you know what? We did it. We did it. They said, Jesus, whom you crucified, raised him from the dead, raised this, and, and whom God raised from the dead, in his name he was healed. And this freaked them out. They thought they'd killed him. But he is now alive in, the, in these believers, alive and well, and living in Jerusalem. See, the, connect, the question is not will we face opposition, both spiritual and physical, for standing for Christ. The question is how do we respond when it comes? We are having some battles with, with sickness in this body. But we're not going to believe what the enemy says about them. We're going to believe what the Word of God says. And so how did the early church respond? This is the thing. I wanted to look. I said, how, what did they do when this opposition came? Verse Acts, um, 21 to 23. We can have that out. After further threats, they let them go. So they were threatened, dragged before you, more than likely beaten, and they let them go. And why did the council let them go? because they could not decide how to punish them. For all the people who saw the beggar before were praising God for what happened. For the man who was healed was over 40 years old. They could not deny that Jesus Christ healed him. And on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. I love that. To their own people. To their own people. This is our people. There's other churches with their people, but to their own people. God adds to us. They went back there. They ran to the family. And I tell you, this family is amazing. What is going on behind the scenes in helping people and people offering to help and, uh, in every way? And the prayer is amazing. This is an amazing church. Amen? Amen. There are other amazing churches here too. And reported all what the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, I want to tell you, they didn't freak out. 
They didn't say, oh, geez, we better stop doing that. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. The power of prayer. They went, there was opposition. They recognized it was from the enemy, and they immediately started connecting to the power source, to God. And moving on to Acts 4, 29 to 31, please read Acts 1, 2, 3, and 4. It's like, it's, it's like a, a great adventure movie. Acts 4, 29 to 31, and this is what they prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Lord, empower us to stand against this opposition. We are not going to give in to their threats. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform, and I want to say more signs and wonders through the name of your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Man, when we plug into, you put your hand in a power socket and switch it on, you're going to shake. This whole building was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to say filled afresh. There's a constant infilling. When power out, power in. Power out, power in. We, they went back to the source. They got refilled uh, and, um, and spoke the word of God boldly. There's nothing that moves the hand of God more than prayer offered in faith by people in unity. You see, if the enemy can divide, so these are the strategies. He's going to try sickness, then he's going to try division. He's going to try and get our backs up. He's going to try and get us not speaking to each other. Little things that come that will, little foxes that will come. Because he knows a house divided cannot stand. Jesus said that. He also knows, because the, the devil knows the word, because he quoted the word to Jesus in the desert, but he also knows that where there is unity, Psalm, 90, Psalm 133, God commands his blessing. God commands his blessing. So we have to be careful of that, church. We have to be careful that we don't allow the enemy to mix it up because he works on divide and conquer. And we said, as I said, Jesus said, he's right. A house divided will not stand. I'm encouraging you to forgive quickly. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. What does that mean? Jesus said, why? How do you do? You look in the mirror and you say, man, God, you've forgiven me a lot. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to stand here. I don't deserve to, to the blessing upon my life. But you've forgiven me. And he says, okay, with that revelation, just forgive others. Let them go. Let God deal with them. You don't have to. Amen? And it says this, and all the believers were with one, of Acts 4.32, and all the believers were was in one, were one in heart and mind, unified. No one claimed that any of their, 
possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. You can read it there. You see, church, this is what we need to understand. When our lives are shaken, and when shaking comes, and it will come, because we want to advance the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And if this is our sphere of influence, this stage as a church that we have now, and we're all in this really happy building and we're worshiping God, if we do nothing more than come on a Sunday and worship God and go, enemy has no worries. Because we have already taken this ground. And so what the enemy tries to do to a church is to contain it to contain its effectiveness through issues, inward stuff that draws us inwards, through lack of faith, through lack of unity, or all of this that sucks the life out of the church and the rest of the world is going to hell in a handbasket. But when we determine as we have and are, that's we need to be praying, church. We need to be praying not only for ourselves but for this family, that when we, when we determine to step out and advance the kingdom, we are now in new territory. We're shining light. The light of God is coming. The, um, the presence of God is moving. The enemy comes like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion through issues or sickness or whatever, and he roars, and, if he, and he wants us to get back in our box. And we get back here. We don't advance the kingdom. And, he says, and everybody says, wow, it's so peaceful. It's wonderful. But we haven't advanced the kingdom. The kingdom of God, Jesus says in Matthew 11, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven is advancing it and violent men will take it by force. It's a spiritual battle. And it's not a violence, physical violence, it's a spiritual one where we say enough is enough. Enough is enough. Nanaimo, enough is enough. We want to see people free. We want to be set free and all of that. And we've got to advance this forcefully. But, as if you look, listen to any of Mark's stuff on spiritual warfare, we're doing a whole thing on spiritual warfare in the Bible school. You can listen to it line upon line at the moment. Aren't we surprised that warfare is breaking out? You see, but the worst is uh, we submit to God. Our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and rulers of this darkness. So we humble ourselves, we submit to God, and we come in the power and authority of Lord Jesus Christ. And when the enemy roars, we, we don't challenge him forcefully like in that. We challenge him forcefully in prayer. Because if the enemy can get us to flesh out spiritual battles, he always wins. That is his playground. But when we come in the power and authority that is vested in us through Jesus Christ, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the, Holy, in the power of the Holy Spirit, he is finished. And this is a time not for us to check out. This is a time for us to check in in our marriages, our families, our lives, to see people saved and set free. This is a time to advance. We have poked the bear. We've got him out of his hole. Now we want to chase him away. We want to get rid of him and, and see the kingdom come. 
That's why the enemy wants to say, ah, don't worry about that baptism stuff and all of that kind of stuff. That's old, new, that's new Testament old stuff. We're not that, hey? I wonder, the wonder thing about Oceanside is you'll know where we stand. And I think that's important on these things. We want people to know who we are. You see, where do we run when things go wrong? What is our first response? And this is something for me, and I'll use myself as an example. Things go wrong in the church. There's issues. My default is I need to go and sort that out. Normally I make it worse. (laughs) Jehoshaphat's default in Chronicles, this king had the forces of... um, Syria and the Amalekites, all these forces coming on Israel, and they were going to annihilate Israel. Nothing has changed. They still try. They can't get it wrong. And he sees this. And I think if I was the general, like Jehoshaphat, or the king, I more than likely, my default would have been, find my generals. Hey, dudes, can you come around? Come around. Okay, how many horses we got? 300? How many chariots? 50? How many soldiers? Not many? Oh, geez, we better pray. You see, that's our first, oh, prayer becomes the last response. You go and read the story. He hears this and he immediately declares a fast. And he begins to pray. His first response was to connect to the power. He knew that Israel was chosen by God. He knew that God had delivered them and taken them over the, through the waters and, and given them the, the promised land. He knew the stories. And he said, I cannot and I refuse to try and meet these people in the flesh. I'm going to come in the power of God. And God gives him a strategy, the craziest strategy you could ever give anybody is to send the worship team in front of the army. Ding, ding, playing their harps and all of this, dancing around tambourines. Can you imagine? What the heck? I would have sent the generals. I would have sent that. God had a strategy. They praise. You see, praise breaks things. And the enemy begins to fight each other. They annihilate each other. The enemy, they're just sitting on the mountain worshiping God and praising with the tambourines and harps. These guys do kill each other, and not only do they win the battle, they walk back with three, it takes three days to get all the treasures and the spoil back to Israel. If he had done it the other way around, and gone there and then sat as the king on the, on the, on the battlefield looking down at the plains, and he would have seen the, the, his, his soldiers being killed and then cried out to God. God could still have answered, but that wasn't God's plan. We need to seek God first, church. We need to seek answers for our family, for our children, for, for our finances, for these things. Jeremiah 33.3, you often hear me quote this, and it seems such a little Scripture, but I want you to memorize this. God says, call unto me, and I will answer you. 
So don't just call and tell me all your issues and put the phone down. Hey, God, I need this. I'm in trouble. Thank God. Bang. Now what the heck do I do? And God's saying, is anybody there? Give him time. Wait for an answer. What should I do? It might take a day, two days. I don't know. Wait for an answer from God. Maybe it's to clear a fast, to start fast. Maybe it's to pray for, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's to get BJ and them dancing around the city with their tambourines. Joking. I don't know what the plan is. But when we call on him and we wait for that answer, he says this. They are, and I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. You think you know, but you don't know what you don't know. And God wants to show you a strategy for your family, for your home, whatever it is. We have got to be connected. We've got to be calling on God. We've got to be waiting for the answers to come. And he will show us these unsearchable things. He will bring us revelation and we'll see answers and answers and answers and we'll see breakthrough. Instead of trying to work harder, run faster, do all of this kind of stuff, some God says, wait upon me, wait in Jerusalem till you receive the power. Amen? So I think that's for today. We'll carry on next week. But I think for now, if we could have the worship team forward, we have got some time, and that's why, excuse us for rushing in the front like that. But... I'm believing, even today, that people are going to be healed and set free, that God's going to give people answers, that God's going to break addictions, that God's going to heal people with disease. And I want us to believe that every time we come together and every time we pray. So I'm going to ask us, we're just going to work, we're not going to, we can't make it happen we're not going to drum it up. We're going to worship God. And what I'd like to say is if you would like some prayer. You see, Peter and John were in big trouble. They were threatened. Do you know what they were threatened with? Threatened with death, with confinement, with beatings. They ran to their own people. And those own people prayed for them. You see, because when I am weak, you might be in a place and you are strong. And I can have faith for your situation, but not faith for mine. And we need to have faithful people who are going through trials, because in the trials, they, they, you cannot see clearly. But we come with our faith, and we come and we stand around our people, and we begin to pray, and we see our people get set free, then our people go from this people, from here, to all the people. And we take what we have, and we begin to use it in our workplace. Begin to, and, we, and the way we're going to see, the, the primary way the gospel goes forth is through love, forgiveness, and acceptance, the power of love. It's not trying to be something, it's just loving people.
And so, Holy Spirit, I pray, if you need prayer, please come. And, and people, if you're part of this church and we know you, and you, please, I don't want to have to ask and ask for our people that know how to move in the Spirit, that, that uh, are connected and, and have faithful prayer. You don't have to be uh, anybody but yourself. But when people come, or where you are, you can pray for each other, pray for your spouse, pray for your family. You can hold hands where you are and let our, and, and let our people begin to pray for this breakthrough. It's coming, church. It's beginning to rain. The enemy is f- afraid, and we are not going to back off. We're going to step in, and I don't want to do it on my own. I need you, and you need me. Can we worship God? And please come forward if you need to or ask somebody to pray for you. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to move.